And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. And today, in this uh, episode, uh, part of the uh, Your Identity in Christ series that we're continually doing every week because uh, the topic is very, very important. It's paramount to your life. After salvation, this is also very, very important. Who you are now as a believer in Christ. But the episode today, the title today is called Run It By Me. Run It By Me. When someone is faced with a situation, maybe we need to run it by someone. Does it line up with uh, the understanding what we should be thinking about? Uh, should we, we should run something by uh, something that is solid. A person with wisdom from God, uh, but better still, the Word of God itself. So we need to run every situation that we are in by God, by what He says, and what He says is what it is written in His Word. So today's title is Run It By Me, with a capital M for me, because we're going to be running it by God. We've got to run things by the Lord, run it by His Scriptures. We've got to run our situation by and run it in alignment and review it against the Word of God. So, whatever you see or hear, are you running it by the Word of God to decide if it's true or false? The truth or a lie? Are you checking to see if what you are listening to or watching is the truth based on what God says in His Word? Is your heart accepting as truth based on what you see and what you hear over what God says about the situation in front of you? Are you in doubt or unclear about God's heart and His position about your current circumstances? Are you believing in what you see or by faith in what you do not see? It's so critical that we judge all things by the Word of God. Now, I am not speaking about judging, criticizing, and condemning others, as it speaks to in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. But instead, we must judge and weigh our circumstances against the Word of God itself. We must uh, judge another's fruit. We, must, uh, we will know people by their fruit. That is judging their fruit. It is not condemning them. It is judging them. And we can use the Word of God to uh, correct them, to help them, to love them, uh, and to bring them into the truth so that they can be set free from their ways um, according to their free, free will. And when they decide to receive that truth from you, that you speak, that comes from the Word of God. So we must judge and weigh our circumstances against the Word of God. We must not judge our circumstances against the way we think God is acting in that situation unless we know that the way God uh, we unless we know that what we see and what we believe is based on the word of God and that is God's will in that situation. So if that situation does not line up with how God says it should, then we must tell the situation to change in the name of Jesus. So I'll read that again. If we, if we see that a situation is not lining up 
with how God said it says it should, then we must tell the situation to change in the name of Jesus. Well, how do we know if a situation is lining up with the Word of God? Well, you have to study the Word of God to know because we are in countless situations every day. You might be faced with a very significant situation in your life right now. But if you do not know the Word of God and you do not know His nature, then you are susceptible to, the, to believing lies that are stemmed by doctrines of devils, doctrines of men, false prophecies. You are, all, you are a sitting duck and you are at grave risk of believing a lie. And then you will get completely the misunderstanding and the wrong understanding of God's nature. You might even end up blaming God for the problem. And a lot of people will do that because they don't know better. They don't know him. So they cannot say, well, that's not right because that God wouldn't do that. Because they don't know God enough and they don't know his word to be able to say that. So they take their circumstances as true. This must be God's will. This must be what God has allowed. And it's nothing, none of the above at all. None, nothing, nothing of the truth. So we must understand the word of God. We must understand his nature and what God says about the situation. And if we're not sure, as we read the word of God, we know and remember what Jesus did upon the earth. And the, and the nature and the character that Jesus had. He did not his own will, but the will of him who sent him. And Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says that Jesus is the exact imprint of the nature of God himself. So if in doubt about the nature of God, the Father, look to the Son, because like Father, like Son. Amen? Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 talks about that. So if a situation that you're going through does not line up with how God says it should, then we must tell the situation to change in the name of Jesus. We can do the same works and greater uh, Jesus said, because he, he goes to the Father. He went to the Father and he sent his comforter, the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus told us in, in Mark 11 that we are supposed to be speaking to the mountain to cast it into the sea. And if we don't doubt in our heart, that's what will happen to the mountain. What mountain is going on in your daily life today? What mountain do you believe that you cannot uh, climb and overcome? And maybe, maybe you want to get rid of this problem you're so tired of being in this problem with this mountain and you're waiting for God to speak to the mountain but God is telling you the son told you Jesus told his disciples and he's telling you the same thing Mark 11 applies to you just as much as it does did to his disciples that day that he spoke it tell your situation get out of the way God says that I am over you I am over poverty. I am a vi I'm in Christ, and in Christ there is no lack. So if I'm in Christ, if I'm not my own, if I've been bought with a price, if I'm a son or daughter of God, then I shall not lack, because whatsoever Jesus has been given, I have an inheritance in the kingdom of God. So I shall not lack either. Now, for the fast past minute or two, I spoke about the truth about a situation that may be going on in your life based on my knowledge of Mark 11 God's character and the fact that I'm supposed to speak to the mountain instead of God speaking to it so 
we must not wait for God to speak to a mountain. If you've been climbing a mountain that's extremely high and you are tired and weary, maybe it's because you haven't spoken to it. Maybe it's because you've been waiting for God to get rid of the problem. Now, I'm not saying that God will not resolve issues in your life. God has the ability to do that, but he has in, in charged you. He has given you an inheritance in his son, and God expects you to speak to the mountain. Otherwise, Jesus would never have told his disciples that day, as recorded in Mark 11, that they have to speak to the mountain. Jesus would have said, don't worry, guys. Don't worry. I will speak to every mountain in your life. You don't have to do a thing. You just watch a situation come up and watch in about five minutes it will disappear because I will speak to it from heaven and from within you. Well, the truth is, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says that it is not us who are alive, but Christ is alive in us. So when we speak to the mountain, we are using our vocal cords. But if we speak to it in the name of Jesus, it's just as though Jesus is saying it himself through us. Jesus is alive in us. Amen. And the mountain, your situation in your life, should be hearing the voice of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And when you do not doubt, when you speak to your situation, then that situation will completely resolve itself. It won't resolve itself. Actually, it will be God resolving it by your word, by your faith, and telling the mountain to be cast into the sea, to be telling your situation to be gone out of your way. And all of a sudden, sometimes you will see that the mountain automatically turns into a molehill, and you see it for whatever it really was before. And the molehill then shrinks to nothing. You see, the enemy has the ability to make us think that a molehill is the size of the biggest mountain you ever saw. But wherever it, whether it's a molehill or a, a uh, mountain, you speak to it. If it doesn't line up with what God says in his word, then you get rid of it. You cast it into the sea. You bind that spirit of poverty. You bind that sickness and disease. You command it to be gone from your your spouse's body, your child's body, from your own body in the name of Jesus. When you know that by the stripes of Jesus you were healed, according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, according to Isaiah uh, 53, verse 5, 103 in Psalms, you, when you know these things, you know that you can confidently say, as co-laboring with God, you can speak to this mountain, you can speak to the sickness, and it shall go, it shall be gone if it knows that you know who you are in Christ and it knows that by faith you are using faith against it, then it will go. That's why Jesus said in Mark 11, 20, 22, 23 in there that you must not doubt. If you do not doubt, but if you believe, if you speak to this mountain, it will be cast into the sea. But the minute you doubt, you're not in faith. And what is not of faith is sin. And the mountain will never move out of the way. In fact, sometimes the mountains get bigger when you doubt. It's almost like you're encouraging the mountain and your problem in, in your life to grow and grow because you keep, uh, you're in fear, anxiety, you're worried about this mountain, you're worried about this situation in your life, and it's almost like it grows. So we're going to be talking about more of that too. So when we tell a situation, uh, we need to tell a situation that doesn't line up with God. 
to line up with God. You need to tell the situation what you want it to do, to be gone, sickness to be gone, cancer to be gone, whatever it needs to be, poverty to be gone out of your life, and you thank God and you trust in God for all provision. You believe and do not doubt that God is good, that He's faithful. And just for one moment, I wanted to just speak about there is uh, many people in this world that believes that God allows and disallows every event in your life. And God allows uh, a mountain to appear in your life. I say this to you. If God controls every event in your life, then that means that things that people say to you, things that people do to you, that God is behind those things. But that is not true. Because God does not violate a free will. Every, every human being has a free will to choose God, to choose whether to watch TV, to choose whether to pick up the phone and watch, uh, look, look at Facebook, or to look at uh, Bible Gateway. But God uh, is, does not violate the free will at all. So God does not control anyone. That means if someone says something or someone has, takes an action against you, or for you, especially if it's evil, especially if it's not a righteous act. God has nothing to do with that. That is why Romans chapter 8 verse 28 exists, where it says that he, he works all things together for good. Well, why would he need to work good things together for good? I mean, they're already good. So Romans chapter 8 verse 28 is God in his infinite mercy and uh, undeserved favor in our life and his grace he is stepping in and he's going to work all the be- the things that are not good in your life that have been caused by evil that have been influenced by the devil through people who are not born again and do not have the heart of god shining through they do not have the light of christ in them they want to do you harm they are jealous of you they hate you they're talking behind your back they're doing things that are not loving towards you. That is not God allowing that to happen. That is their free will speaking it from the nature of being unborn again. That person is not born again, and they are, they are, they are carrying out the nature of their father, and their father, until they are born again, is the devil, Satan himself. So, when you speak to a situation that does not line up, with God's will. What you are doing is you are using two areas of the word. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2, in the Amplified Classic Edition, it says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses so faith is a substance of things hoped for but the evidence of things not seen so you if you see something you cannot by faith believe that it's there because faith is only believing in something that is not there but that is real so when you uh, the the second part the second part of the word that you are using when you cast the mountain into the sea, when you tell poverty to be gone, 
when you believe by faith that God has provision for you that you do not yet see. Not only is it Hebrews 11 verse 1, but it's also Romans chapter 4 verse 17. It says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. This is what God spoke to Abraham. He uh, was appointed our father. He, Abraham, was appointed our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and speaks of the non-existent things that he has foretold and promised as if they already existed. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone, hoped in faith that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised, so numberless shall your descendants be. Verse 19, he did not weaken in faith when he considered the utter, utter impotence of his own body, which was as good as dead because he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's deadened womb. Again, this is Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 19, out of the Amplified Classic Edition. So you see Abraham here, he looks himself, looks at his body and he says, I'm a hundred, hundred years old. I look at my precious wife, Sarah, and I see that she has a deadened womb. But yet what he saw, he did not allow to be accepted in his heart. He did not conclude that it was impossible for him and his wife to be together and that she would bear a child. Instead, he decided to believe in something that he didn't see. He believed by faith. He believed by faith and the substance of that faith that he believed and used towards the Lord caused a miracle, you would say, a miracle. The ability for him to still be with his wife at 100 years old and secondly, for his wife to, cons to, to bear a child in a womb that you would otherwise conclude would be very old and not able to sustain the birth of a brand new baby. It was faith that Abraham used towards this. No matter what he saw in himself or his precious wife, he believed by faith, and it was the faith that brought about the miracle. The faith in God, and God was able to move on Abraham's faith. It is entirely possible that things could have been very different. If Abraham had decided, not knowing God's nature, not being faithful and uh, a servant to the Lord, and believing in God's, God's word and trusting in what God had told him, that, that it's possible that Abraham could not have believed by faith, that even though he was a hundred, he could conceive with his wife, this child, and that she would bear a child. And that it, the scriptures could have been uh, uh, produced a very different outcome. It could have said that Abraham had the opportunity to believe by faith, but he failed and he did not see. It could have been very different. But in this situation, we see that it is possible because Abraham did it just because he came a long time before we did does not, say, does not mean that we cannot have the same miracle today. Amen. Why is that? Because the word is the same yesterday, today and forever. The word was not more powerful Faith was not more powerful in the day of Abraham compared to the year 2020. Faith is the same today. 
the ability, the measure of faith that you have been given by God can produce the same works and greater works because now we have the Holy Spirit working through us with power, the power and the might of God. So, are you using faith, knowing full well the nature of your Heavenly Father and your Lord Jesus? Knowing God's nature, are you putting faith towards God's truth and what He says in His Word and speaking to the mountains and casting them into the sea? Or are you doubting? Are you resting upon this misunderstanding on your own understanding that is not lining up with the Word of God, that God is controlling every day in your life and that the bad things that happen, God is allowing and therefore you must just live through them because Maybe God's just trying to teach me something. Yes, God does not allow and disallow. He's not in a controlling uh, role. Because Psalm, how do we know this? Psalm chapter 115 verse 16 says, that The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. We have been given the earth to rule over and to have dominion over. Circumstances that come our way, if they are evil or if they are good, but if they are evil, they are of the devil. They are of the fallen world. And the fallen world came about because of the sin of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, when Adam and Eve went and decided to agree with the devil instead of the Lord. We are in this fallen world, but yet if you are born again, you are in this world, but you're not of this world. Amen, the Bible says. And we are supposed to speak to mountains that are uh, illegally present in people's lives and in our own and tell them to be cast into the sea. We must speak God's word over situations so that God's will may be done on earth as it is in heaven in the name of Jesus. Only in that name and faith in that name will you change situations for the good in your life. And God will be able to work all things together for good based on your act of faith and your action of using faith and believing in God that together co-laboring with Him, speaking God's word over the mountain, over the situation, and casting it into the sea, telling it to get out of your life, telling it to get out of your child's life, whatever that thing is, God can move on that faith he can bring about a spirit, a supernatural spiritual event that will change circumstances based on your words and your declarations over that situation, which should be in line with God's word and not your own desires. Unless those desires, of course, are desires that God would desire too. We must not pray for carnal desires to become true. We must only pray and speak God's God's nature, God's will over a situation based on what His will says. And we know His will from reading the Word of God, learning about Him, and then being co-laborers with Him and to bring about good upon this earth with God together every day, creating every minute of every hour of every day with God, in tandem with God, in co-laboring and co-working with him together. God is not doing this by himself. We are not doing this by ourselves. We are doing it together with God every day. God is not controlling your day. You decide how your day is going to be with God, 
based on your thoughts, your actions, and your understanding. And your understanding needs to be the understanding that God understands. Do not lean on your own understanding, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says. Do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. What you give your time and focus to, you become molded into that and more interested in that thing. What you give your time and focus to, you become molded into that and more interested in that thing. What you decide to accept as truth based on what you see, what you listen to, what you give your time to. This is what affects your heart. This is what affects your thoughts. What you think, what you contemplate on, what you decide to be the truth, what you accept as the truth. If it is not the Word of God, then you are not going to have a very good day. You need to read the Word of God, know God's Word, know Him, pray, pray, pray to Him, seek Him with all of your heart, and know that He's with you. He says, do not fear, do not worry, have no anxiety, fret not. Matthew chapter 6 is a good chapter on provision and for us not to worry. And Jesus talks a lot in Matthew chapter 6. So, we are going to pick this up next week. But uh, until next week, be very careful what you think, what you say, and what you understand in front of you. Lining up with the Word of God. Run it by me, God would say. Run it by me. Does this situation line up with what I think, what I say in my word? Or uh, does this situation not line up? If it doesn't line up, speak to it until it does. And speak to it in my name, he would say, in the name of Jesus. Amen? And co-laboring with God, co-working with God, you will see a change in your situation if you believe and not doubt in your heart when you speak these words. Amen? So, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing and wholeness. Every sickness and disease be gone from your bodies today. In Jesus' name, I command life from head to toe. I command your stomachs to be whole. I command healing from every cell in your body. Blood be healed. Heart be healed. Heart organ be healed liver, pancreas, bones, tendons, ligaments, joints, and muscles. Line up, be realigned, be healed, be whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a blessed week. God bless you.